Welcome to the Empowered Hour with Empowered Living Inc. It is your girl Athena and Redana. <laughs> Boy, you can tell we ain't done like a live, 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 and <laughs> we act like we don't know what's going on. Girl, listen, we got to get back into this because I feel like we have a good time and we just just you know life lifing. We've been adulting, aka adulting is a trip. Still, you can still purchase your copy on uh, Amazon. Uh, Empire Living Inc. website, uh, Baggish Book, I'm sorry, Baggish Mobile Market. Uh, Amazon, Walmart, uh, Ujama, any place, pretty much any place that bookie.com, you can buy books from. Yes, so please pick up these books so we can order some more so we can um, (laughs) blow up like Oprah and them. But anyway, since we have not done this in a while, back to our roots. How you doing, girl? I am over the sinus infection. Other than that, I'm good. I'm over it for you. Because every time I talk to you, you sound like you like all nose and no no lips. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, uh, Renata, are you there? Are you there? But anyway, well, I'm glad you're feeling better at least, right? I am. I'm just safe, safe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. My mother's day was cool, relaxing. Ate out way too much this weekend, but shout out to my daughter for treating her mama. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, so that's about the gist of me and my whole my other stuff. I, you know, I can mention later on, but yeah, so but before we get deeper to the show, because I always forget, uh, Lady J, tell the listeners how they can listen in to all 50,000 ways. <laughs> if this is your first time tuning into the show or to JQL on radio, and you would like to share with your family, friends, and followers on all the different ways that they can tune in, be sure to tell them to download the JQL on radio app on their Apple or Android devices. You can also listen live to JQL on radio 24 seven, 365 via Amazon Alexa, tune in app, the stream of simple radio app, and a host of other platforms of which you can find located on our website where you can also listen live at egoentertainmentnet.com. Also, don't forget to follow, like, and share us. We do follow back. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JQLM Radio. You can also connect with Ego Entertainment Network at egoentnet, that's E-G-O-E-N-T-N-E-T, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter also. Also, connect with us on LinkedIn at Ego Entertainment Network. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our YouTube channel, Ego TV Network at youtube.com forward slash Ego TV Network. Did you add some more stuff, Lady J? Because I, I swear I don't remember all that, but I think you did. I don't know. <laughs> but if you did, hey, congratulations, kudos to us all who are on the platform because there's so many ways to listen yes. watch uh, do yes. you know be yes. so all this black excellence in Indianapolis shout out to Lady J even though she don't like it but still shout out to Lady J oh another one nominated for an award she gonna run oh Eagle Entertainment was nominated for an award okay she gonna run off without telling the details of that but we'll get to that yes. before the end of the show because she ain't get ready to uh, escape without telling the details on that. But anywho, so today we have a live. special guest, live yes. in person. Special is a, a, a good word um, <laughs> to describe this young man. Uh, uh, he is a comedian. He's also um, he's in the ministry. He's a man of many hats. Uh, he's a security officer as well, but we'll let him toot his own horn. Yes. So bringing to the microphone, we're going to let Mr. Damon Montgomery introduce himself while he knocks over my thank, phone. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for professionally downplaying my whole resume. We did. We did she gave me the lowest title known to a security person, a security guard. Oh, oh really? <laughs> what is the proper name? Bodyguard work. I do one-on-one with a lot of musicians and celebrities. Uh, I kind of don't want people to think that the same person that does they work also stops people at Walmart doorway. So, no, it's kind of a step up. I do clean comedy. I don't cuss on stage or nothing, nor talk raunchy. That's how I get away with it. And not getting yelled at in ministry. So, I enjoy it. I've been doing it for about 15 years. So, What made you decide to get into comedy? Oh, I've been laughing since I was a child. Mama said at one point, either you're going to get paid for it or you're going to end up in jail. Oh, those are your options. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> a very broad oh, okay. and, and 
let me for my disclaimer i'm not trying to downplay his uh resume i don't know his entire resume so that's why we always throw it to the guests so they can say their own resume because who wants to forget something on someone else's resume? And so he does have an extensive resume. Yeah. So since I am not doing it justice, go ahead and tell us uh, everything that you do. <laughs> well, I tell stand-up comedy professionally. I travel across the country doing stand-up comedy. I also am a ring announcer for professional wrestling, primitive pro wrestling. I am a ring announcer, the official ring announcer for that. I so love it. What is primitive pro wrestling for those that don't know? Wrestling so old school, it's primitive. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. It is. <laughs> it's on Facebook. It's awesome. If you like wrestling, you like independent wrestling, it's awesome. It's something to do on the weekends. It's I love it. So it's I love not, it. not like, like what we see on W. I don't remember the second WWE. Uh, <laughs> Thank down play a billion dollar company. W okay. I went blank. A lot of talent that is in WWE has crossed through the territory so you know it's like working your way up or coming back down still a form of entertainment which is really cool um i love it again once again i enjoy it i also do comedy i've been doing comedy for like oh my god 15 16 years at this game so i love it done some wild comedy done some i've been in some wild situations how about that one oh, um but talk about that on air no? yeah you can't yeah. i didn't I didn't say he did nothing freaky. I just I've been I in some do. bad situations, yeah, I, I, wild I, situations. But um, <laughs> I love bodyguard work. I love security work. That is my that is fun. Now you want to ask me some questions? Oh, we can go all day. I've done security for pretty much anybody who's traveled through the Midwest because we not only are contracted with uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, but we're contracted with Lucas Oil Stadium now. And then. we've had uh, Old National Center, Clips Music Center. I don't even know the name for it. We've had them, you know. We've had the KFC Yum Center in Kentucky, Louisville. So I've done a lot of backstage stuff for a while. So what so, made you get into that? I was big. I've been in like 20 years. Deep. <laughs> What's deep about stop? <laughs> okay. Get out the way. Move. Okay. okay. No, right. but um, it grew to become deep. But at the time, I was like, uh, my buddy was like, he should try security downtown. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot, you know. And um, he was like, we can do all this stuff for free. And I was like, okay, we'll see. And it's changed over the years. But, you know, you've seen your happy sides. You've seen your disappointment. I've been disappointed by a lot of musicians behind the scene. You see a lot that goes on. Because when you're security, they don't have to be impressive around you. They can be themselves. Ooh. If you're paparazzi, if you're a fan, if you're meet and greet, there's kind of a side there, but when you're just security, you're flying the wall. Some things make you sad when you see it. Some things make you happy. So, and I chalked it up as maybe sometimes somebody's having a bad day. I give them two strikes. If I catch you again in another show and you still being evil, you're a moron. So if you have given someone their third strike, do you do work with them anymore? Or do you be like, I'm good? Oh, yeah, the paycheck's still good. No. Oh, okay. It's just my problem. That was, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't tried to harm me. I mean, okay. they they may be idiots toward their friends, or they may be mean towards their fans. I've seen musicians mean towards their fans behind you. I don't see how mean some of these people can be. And you just be like, oh, wow, this is about the money. Yeah, so they're about their money. A lot of them, and some of them are genuine, nice. You're not gonna catch nobody nicer than them. Who has been your best experience? We won't talk about the B people. We want to highlight them. Who would you say? Those are the best stories. Oh, I mean, you can tell us <laughs> stories. Jill Scott's a beautiful person. She is nice. That's glad. Jill glad Scott. Because we love Jill. Reba McIntyre, excellent person. Um, these are people I walk into. Just You just see them. You catch them. Um, I can't remember which Clark sister it was, but she was sweet. And um, Byron Cage was a great guy. Um, and a lot of times it just depends on their mood. The lead singer of the group... Um, can't think of Rob. Um, what's the name we say? That's like did it with uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do the song again. I can't think of the name of the song. Um, I can't think not Stone Temple Pilots, but uh, I can't think of his name, so I'll I'll recant that one. Okay. So yeah, okay, running to some nice people, nice over the years, just nice. What's been your craziest story that you can share? I can share anything. Am I gonna sue me? You ain't gonna oh, sue me. You, know, I just, you never know. <laughs> We've been looking for you. When do you clock out? When do you drop them fries for the last time? No. Um, 
what's been some horrible experiences okay so we'll give you some examples clay aiken i'm now i'm dating myself because i haven't seen this guy in the media in a while clay aiken so uh it's a concert it's american idol concert let you know how old this is and clay aiken's performing and he has what you got claymates and these are old old women or young young girls and so it's american idol concert and there's different genres and he's the main act so he's coming on last these elderly ladies have waited the entire show after hip-hop r&b punk pop to the very end and we're looking at our clock and we know that they have a uh, curfew at game but you have a curfew before they hit the power at the show oh. so 11 30 he's due to go on at 11 25 and perform to 11 55 it's 11 50 and we're laughing we think he must really got some money 11:53 take stage. 11:58 he walk off the stage. I said, "You're evil." 11:58. I'll never forget the timing. I was like, "You're an evil man." Oh, he's evil. 11:58. <laughs> so I give every right. Oh, I've seen, I've seen, it, I've seen it get worse. I've uh, city, city. Really? I've seen the city girls do worse. Like she came out and started a song, and I thought there was only one member of the city girls because only one showed up. She got off stage. She clapped hands with the front row and walked home. Maybe five minutes tops on there. Because wow. remember, your ticket says they are to perform. It doesn't say they're forced to perform all your hits or every song. I mean, it, says it. it depends on the contract. It depends on the contract. A lot of stand-up comedians get hit with that, but it depends on your contract. And most contracts, like um, I love Hollow Notes, love them. And they did probably. It did like 20 minutes and I was mad because I didn't play my hits and I was just like, that's it. That's it. That also depends on their mood. Then you have the opposite. Who won't leave? Tank. Tank won't leave. Right. Tank was supposed to get off stage at Old National Center at 11.45. It was 12.50 and he was on stage like, look, you want to hear one more hit? And we was like, no. <laughs> get out because I got to sure go home. you said that, but a lot of other people were like, <laughs> go ahead and sing that song. I'm sure her eyes would have been like, Go ahead and sing that song. Take that shirt off and let's get it moving. Well, you got to see them. They, they, they got, we have to be there four hours before the show starts. And so we can't leave till the musician leaves. And you got your set list. Like you said, we got a set list. They got a set amount of time. And you're looking at it and you're like, okay, he got two songs left. And then you have creepy people who follow them show to show to show. These people exist. They're at every concert. They sit there and they meet up on Facebook and there's groups of them. There are 40 or 50 of them and they go to every show in every city. I don't know where they get the money from. I don't know why. And they follow every city. And I'll tell you. Do you have people who do that to you? Like what? Follow me? Yeah. For what? Comedy? Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> That's how you sell t-shirts. That's how you sell. That's how you sell t-shirts. Um, I don't want that's scary. I think that's kind of scary. Creepy though, I it's creepy though, because it's creepy. But you didn't go all around the country, I city after city. Yeah. And people don't understand musicians are scared of y'all. Musicians are scared. Because what people don't understand, if you're on stage, because if you're in a barricade, you're maybe four feet in front of the musician. So five feet out is total darkness, it's total blacks, pitch black. They don't see nothing past five feet in front of that stage. So if you're on a 30th row with a poster, they don't see it. It's pitch black. Because the lights go out. Yeah. They, I mean, the peripheral vision only goes so far. So you're assuming that cup flying to the stage that's eliminating that cup. You know, so, and, and they get threats all the time. All the time. They never know who's going to attack them or rush them. And you get them people that be like, I need to get backstage. Do you know him? No, but that song he wrote was about me. And we need to talk and I need you to move. And you'd be like, oh, man, not another one. Not another one. Because they're determined to get back, determined to get backstage. I've seen them try every way to get inside of a building. People want, there are some people who just don't understand. No. No. So, yes, yeah, been some scary things happen. I'm sure. I'm sure. What's been the craziest thing that's happened as a comedian? <laughs> oh, okay. You did that chuckle. <laughs> i story. So... <laughs> It became a thing behind the scenes after uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. The comedians, you would hear them talk in the room. So we get in chat rooms that normal fans don't get into where you can end up hearing from a real comedian. Y'all just chat it up. And word coming around, you don't put your hands on comedians. You don't touch comedians. You don't you don't put your hands on them. And everybody's almost like a uh, almost like a lynch mob of comedians. Like, God damn, we're going to get on and get on stage. And you, you just get, so now what is considered a heckler 
you got our attention on you. Like, okay, you can heckle. That's okay. But ever since that little slap, uh, you might get a chair thrown at you, player. Watch it. So have we had crazy things? Yeah, because people don't know how to take a joke. You know, you you, you uh, this is my job. I'm up here. I try not to heckle because I'm here to entertain people. And we're not going to spend 15 minutes, me and you going back and forth. People didn't pay for that. So you wipe them off and you keep it moving. But some people aren't getting embarrassed. And yeah, they, they've, yeah, spend some time. You just, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Hey, tell them I'm in the dressing room going out the side door. You some upset people, especially when you go to cities, comedy shows take place anywhere. So I'm not, I may not be from um, New York. I may not be from, I don't know. I've been in some situations where you'd be like, yeah, God, please officer, walk me to the car. I mean, <laughs> neighborhood kind of rough. Keep the car running. We out of here after that, both on the African-American side. And on the country music side, I did a comedy show at a motorcycle rally. Huh. A did you real. Into it? I had inklings. It was a like a hellfire club motorcycle oh, rally. You said, "Yeah, let me do that." I it was cool. And one of the comedians, <laughs> one of the comedians, it was in my, my second year there. They showed number love. I was the only black guy there. They showed number love. But the next year, there was a Caucasian comedian there. He talked about the bike leader's wife. I don't know how. Nope, it's time to go. Nope, it's time. We out of here. Cause this is like real bikers. Like they, 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 we in a, we're out in a cornfield as well. So this didn't take place at an arena or a bar. They had a big old barn fire and everything. And there's hundreds of bikers out here. Matter of fact, if you ever go north, going to Chicago, you'll see that uh Nest Nest Quick symbol out there going up there. That big signal. So Turner go Mal was in this in a big old field. It happens every year. And he just says, he should start talking about a lady. And it was like, hey, 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 it's Boss Biker's wife. Then he wouldn't stop. He was just heckling. I can't stand when comedians heck people for no reason. It means you don't have any talent. You're not funny. If I got to spend my set talking about one person in the audience who's done nothing wrong, you're not funny. You're not going to make it. And they'd be like, how do you figure? Well, if you watch HBO special, Comedy Central special, how long do they spend talking about the audience? Never. They do a half hour set. Or an hour set and they go about their business. And if you uh, fly off the swing or anything, you're not gonna make it. That's not how comedy works. You can't turn a joke around that was done by Kings of Comedy and think most comedians aren't gonna hear that and be like, mm-hmm, 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 you need to quit. So <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Remember, I felt threatened. You get what? that talking, you just wanna be like, oh my God, let me get on this rant. Let me tell you. But Indianapolis is filled with some heavy talent. You don't realize that till you actually start to tour. You ain't be like, man, Indianapolis guys are good. Guys and gals are heavy hitters compared, but you get intimidated by the city. I think Indianapolis can blow Las Vegas away in the battle of the comedians. Comedians are there, not the people who travel there. <laughs> so local town. I just think we're funny. Let's be clear. I mean, I think we're funny and pretty, we're pretty much got the top talent of the Midwest. That's good to know. Why right. you make that face, Theta? No reason. <laughs> Are I, you... I've been to a couple comedy shows, and there have been some very funny individuals. Yeah. Um, especially, I love a few, actually. Because what's the young lady? I see her all the time. And she talks about her hands all the time. Good Lord. She oh, was sweaty uh, hands on oh, I can't remember her name. I know who you're talking about. I'm friends about. with her on Facebook and everything. But she is such a, a funny young lady. But yes, we do have a lot of funny talented comedians uh actually a whole bunch of funny talented individuals in the city in general some who are comedians some are entertainers some are just regular people on the street so i can say that we do have a lot of but it's a lot of material here too it's and i'm sure that a lot of stuff that has been said or done has made it onto somebody if puts his head down a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah if you can turn pain into comedy it's genius if you can do it, if you because what goes in your head, you have to be able to throw it at an audience and it makes sense because what makes sense in our head may not go over with the crowd. So comedy is about it's show business. Okay. You got to remember the word business. You can be the funniest guy in the block and never leave McDonald's. So I have a question because we're about to go to commercial. Break, oh. so I'll give you something to think about it. Okay. So I would be curious kind of when you started your journey, like what was the prep work? How did you prepare for this journey? So just think about it. We'll go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. (laughs) Have you subscribed yet to the free bi-monthly digital interactive ego magazine? No? 
Well, head on over to www.egoentertainmentnet.com to subscribe now. This magazine is all about supporting and showcasing excellence in communities everywhere. From music, arts and culture, relationships, education, politics, celebrities, food, and so much more. While you're flipping through the pages, just click on the buttons and social icons and you'll be taken to a whole other world behind the articles and ads. At Ego Entertainment, everyone is a star. There is something in it for everyone. And we hope you are positively impacted by what you see and will continue to support Ego Magazine. Track CBPD by Arulo. Did you know JQLM Radio provides media services like voiceovers, radio advertising, video flyers, and other audio and video services? Contact JQLM Radio today for your brand promotional needs at 317-886-0296 or email jqlmradio at gmail.com. JQLM Radio, real voices, raw entertainment, and relevant topics. Track what you did by CXNST on soundcloud.com slash official low pass music promoted by freestockmusic.com Are you in need of a fresh perspective on relationships, wholeness, love, and transformation, or are feeling consumed with hurts from the past and finding it difficult to overcome traumatic events? Well, contact licensed marriage and family therapist Sharon Mason of Love That Relationship. She can get you back on the road to building a healthy and loving relationship with yourself and others. Love That Relationship. So we are back, and we have our lovely guest, Mr. David David Big D Falcovery, <laughs> so, in the studio today. And so I asked him to kind of tell us, like, how does he prepare? Because I mean, I would imagine you not just going on stage and just whatever comes to your mind. I would imagine you. Oh, you'd be amazed what's oh. happened on stage. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so this can go many directions when you're on stage. Um, you go to an open mic and you're just chilling with some friends and some buddies and you cool with the host and he'd just be like, oh, you want to go on stage? He'd be like, not really. And he'd be like, cool. And just to mess with you and keep, you know, metal sharp and metal, he'd be like, and come into the stage, big D. He'd be like, huh? what? <laughs> so you have to just freestyle off the top of your head, either bring up some old jokes. So you have to learn to formulate the timeline of what they have. They say five minutes, they mean five minutes. Three minutes, I mean three minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 15. So you've got to, okay, when do I stop? When do I go home in my head? When do I go home? Because you have two kinds of comedians. One that's keeping the house live and on fire and don't pay attention that your time is up, no matter how good you were. Give them some more tomorrow night. Or the one who's looking for that last laugh. Nobody's laughed. They've gone to get drinks. They're staring at you. All the comedians are backstage praying that you just get off the stage. And they won't get off the stage. And you just be like, man, please just say goodnight, folks. It's been great. And walk away. And, and go home and work on some stuff. You know, we've all been bombed. Everybody's bombed. When we become a professional comedian and you watch TV specials, you see when they bomb on stage. Even on TV specials, they bomb. You, last everybody. Time last time I bombed. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, when's the last time I bombed? And I know the community is listening to him like last week. No. <laughs> um, oh, no. And what do you constitute as a bomb? Maybe I should ask that. Nobody laughing. <laughs> so that's the definition. Nobody that's the definition. Laughing. Sure People are looking at you and then they're heckling you. That's, that's that, that, uh, the problem. The that they heckle. They just quiet. Dead. Dead silence. Just ignoring you. That's the worst they can do. Don't nobody throw tomatoes, none of that. They don't start booing you, none of that. It's just right. Go get a beer or turn sidebar conversation and turn to each other and start chatting it up. And other comedians line up against the wall. So, what you typically run into is what you call a cleanup mess, where three or four comedians have bombed on stage and you next. Now, you know you can set the building on fire, but you have to clean up 
a tired crowd who's frustrated. They've grown weary. What you got next for us? And now you have to clean up a bunch of messes that went ahead of you. Oh. So now you got to work extra where you thought you just kind of throw some old jokes. Now I got to go in there and lay the law down. Me and the promoter are going to have a talk. He know what just happened. He know what I got to do. You know, sometimes you need to pull a funny person. And no matter who got their person, what the lineup looks like, if they're dying one after another, pull somebody that can drop a bomb. I don't care if they got there, the last person, put them in there because you need to blow up the scene. By blow it, you need to make people laugh. So if you got a dude who comes in late and there's a sign up list, but you five people in and then you heard a giggle all night, throw them in there. Do what you got to do because you're saving your crowd. I'm not worried about feelings of comedians. I'm worried about a crowd. They, they're the ones who pay. Your consumer, take care of them. So, yes, the last, have I bombed? Yes, I have bombed. Um, and sometimes you got, I, I bombed at a, this is a great open mic called Margarita Mondays run by Mike Shaw and Aisha Brown. I bombed there. I didn't plan on bombing, but I bombed. Uh, I mean, does anybody plan on bombing? You can tell how before you walk on stage, <laughs> you'd be like, because we, we mess with each other in the back room. We heckle, we laugh, and, and uh, you just be like, um, oh, I know I'm about to blow up when I go on stage. I don't want to admit this, but you'd be like, oh, you get kind of get a feeling like, oh, oh, it's, oh, it's about to hurt. Um, so that's happened before. Um, I particularly don't like um, variety shows. You can't have five poets and didn't expect comedy because <laughs> the mood of the room, the mood of the room changes. Some comedians like that. They don't like other comedians. Just they're the only comedian where you get five R&B singers and then this and then uh, and then and now the comedian in the crowd. The mood of the room has shifted, especially when you get eight or nine death poets speaking death into the world. Now there's a comedian. You'd be like, I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm now depressed. You you want me to make this crowd laugh and you know. So, that's, but that's yeah. <laughs> you'd be like, you know, but in the end, money talk, money oh. talk. So sometimes I'm one of those comedians that, um, I have to, my mojo, everything has to be like right on sync. Like if you tell me at nine 15, you take the stage nine 13, whoever you got up there, I'm, I'm, I'm hype. I don't want to blow my wide before I hit that stage. And I look up and it's nine 45, 10, 15. And you just in the back room, like, Oh, I just don't even want to be here now. That's particularly me. I'm really one of those people that is driven by I time everything. Everything is timed just right. My jokes ready. I'm hyping and drink a Red Bull. I'm great to take the stage. I'm great to wear this house out. And then we ain't started yet. This is happening. And dude won't get off stage. And by the way, they won't make four or five speeches before you go up. And the owner's niece want to do a poem. And da 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 da. So what I'm hearing is. You're not a big fan of poetry. <laughs> I, I love poetry. I've done slams. I've done poetry. And I just feel it's it's, it's space. It's its own genre. If you come to listen to poetry, you don't necessarily come to listen to comedy. If you come to listen to comedy, you don't really come to listen to an R&B song. It's just, I think the crowds are for the crowds. You know, if I tell you it's a comedy show, and there's been two comedians and 13 poets. You're gonna look at me like I'm crazy later on. You may have enjoyed yourself. This is, this is I'm trying to I'm... think, have we ever went to a comedy show where people do it too much? No, because I think the last few comedy shows we went to were um were specifically for that. And they didn't have um anything in between. It was straight comedy the entire time. I don't remember it being anything other than that. I don't think. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I try to think, have we ever been in that situation? So you have two kind of comedy shows, and I call them two kinds. You have um, Play by the Rules, and you get the Chitlin Circuit. A comedy show should consist of an opener, a feature, the mainliner, the headliner, three, including your host. That's technically a comedy show because people get bored after a while. I don't care how funny you are. I've watched them walk out on Corey Holcomb. I've watched them walk out on Cat Williams because they've had enough laughs for the night. You start at nine, you know, opener does five, feature does 20, headliner does 45 to an hour. We're done for the night. You have your host between. But I see a lot of comedy shows where there's 13 or 14 comedians on there. Who? That's a lot. Talking about, I want you to headline. No, you don't. <laughs> Everybody done gone home. They done stopped. The bars shut down. And I'm still waiting to go on stage. And just, you just be like mad at that point because I'm there to entertain people. 
and you'd be like, that's not, I done invited people. I done sold tickets. And my, my fans and them are waiting. Like, when do you go up? You know how many times you look at your phone? When you, you next? You next? Nine people had me player. Uh, so that happens. Um, I'm horrible in front of friends and family, though. I, I feel like that would make sense. I'm horrible. Don't I don't fight coworkers to my show. Nobody, because I just can't perform it. Now you take me out of town, put me in front of people. I don't care if it's South Dakota or LA. I'm a tear the house down. Some reason when I'm not around people I know, and it's not that I do things differently on stage. I just like to introduce myself over and over again to a new crowd. So, okay. so I think that means we not get invited to a comedy show because he knows us. <laughs> <laughs> He did invite us to one, but we both had something to do that day. So that's probably why so we never it. got invited to another that's one. That's it. We got the one. No, no. <laughs> but now it makes sense as to why it's not one of those things he pushes. I if you that. ever know. Hey, hey, hey. So. I get that. I get that. Because you want people to support you. Be like, ah, I don't want to hear that just, That's what I would think. I don't I don't know what it is. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, The part of comedy that gets depressing. So uh, you work on the same skit over and over again to it becomes muscle memory. But you ever look at the comedian and be like, how many times are you going to say that same joke? And although it's a new crowd, you yourself be like, I got to say the same joke tonight again. I've said it so many times that it don't even have it. Uh. Even if the crowd goes ballistic and laughs and screams and spits pop out their mouth, that's the ultimate compliment. Somebody spitting water out their nose or mouth. They're spitting their soda pop up. That's that the ultimate compliment. It's the ultimate compliment. And you just be like, oh, here we go again. Um. You get almost depressed that I have to say this line again. I'm saying this because it's the heavy hitter. It never fails. It saves your butt out of every comedy show. This is what you call a $500 joke. Meaning if I sell this joke, it's 500 bucks for that joke. This is a big joke. But you've said it so many times. You're just like, if I have to formulate my mouth to say this one more time. But I need it. I can't live without it. So, yeah, okay. it, it, it happens. So since we're a mental health show, um, technically... Well, we are. We are. We, we are, but we talk about so much other stuff um, that still comes back to everything. mental health. <laughs> what are some of the things that you do that um, are pre-show rituals and after-show rituals to make sure that you're not mentally affected by you bombing or by um, the crowd messing with, you know, everybody doing the poetry slams before you're set. Like, what are things you do to protect yourself mentally? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, here's your answer. So I deal with depression a lot. Now, and it seems cliche, but I look at people and be like, no, nah, I'm talking about the real depression. Now, where you're wearing a gray suit staring out a window in a commercial depression. And uh, I have to drink an energy drink before I hit the stage in like seconds. So if I crack the energy drink open, you'd be like, we got four more comedians. You'd be like, or sip it slowly. So um, me, I have attention, my attention deficit. Like I can't write my jokes. I use the recorder on my phone and hit record and tell myself the joke and then play it back. I will sit in the car moments before I walk on stage and write a set list. Just write down my arm, the set list, because I'm not good at sitting down, writing out the jokes and memorizing them. That's just not me. Um, I have thousands of jokes on four different phones. Notebook stacked in the house, and I still be on stage like, I can't think of one thing to say to this audience. So uh, mental preparation, like um, I'm not a crowd person, believe it or not. So I'll sit in my car, and somebody will text me, you up next. Where's he at? I'm, I'm right here. I'm going to come on stage. And then when I'm done, I'm going right back in the car and sitting. I'm, yeah, it's a pre-gamer's energy drink for me. Definitely uh, energy drink. But the more I've had to put, I, I've, I've enjoyed putting God in my life. I'm like, Lord, help me. You've given me the jokes. Help me to deliver them. It's that delivery, getting them there. Um, and I don't mean delivery on stage. It's me getting out that car. Me, I have had shows where I sat in the car the whole time. Shows where I was at home. And the show started at 7. And this 620. And I'll be like, I'll be there at 630. 630. I'm not the first one on stage. I'm not the second one on stage. I wonder what can I tell him happened to me on the way to the show. So, uh, and that came and haunted me probably about 2018, 2019. I messed up real bad. I just got into a, a, a slumper and just, I must've took a year or two off. Um, cause I was fighting depression really bad. Um, a lot of comedians say they fight depression and they probably do. It's, 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 it's not what you think it is. You know, I would love to have a job where I just run my mouth for money. That's the ultimate free job. 
Y'all know me. I'm a heckler. I'm a comedian. And somebody's like, you know what? I'm going to give you $500 for what you just did. You'd be like, thank you. There have been times you just sat in the parking lot and be like, mm, I can make it at the next show. I can, I can make this money up. I'll come back and do a free show. It happened. You'd be amazed. So my prep before the show is I, I, I get prayed up. And I'm starting to work on memorizing my jokes better. And then it's always repetitiveness because you don't ever want to go on stage and not feel the joke coming out of your stomach. You don't. I could tell you a joke and you'd be like, it didn't feel realistic. But once you start firing off jokes and you start doing it consistently, you become and you work the joke. It's the thing in comedy we call working the joke. So you can tell a joke. And I tell you, you got 15 minutes on stage and you blow through your jokes in three minutes. You didn't work on no jokes. You didn't stretch the joke. You didn't. You know, if I if I tell you a joke, I have a joke where I say to the artist, I say, um, it's 2023, I'm a new dad. <sighs> People are giggling, they do the clap. Now I'm at clap, and then you say, Oh, hold your applause. She's 13, the state just caught up with me. And uh <laughs> they start laughing. Okay, so you gotta work on this joke because technically that would be the end of the joke, but you gotta work on it. So I'll go into a little bit further. I said the other day she's gonna have an attitude with me. These little kids always got these attitudes. She was like, Daddy, how come the lights ain't on in the house? And I was like, Baby girl, I don't know why. Then your name. And uh <laughs> <laughs> wait till she gets that Netflix bill. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> she got mad and she she mumbles under her breath. Uh, you know what? Hey, hey, hey. Now, that joke, shouldn't nobody under the age of 25 get that joke? Because I don't think nobody's ever actually seen the Fat Albert cartoon who's under 30. My but daughter the, is. And she's 23. She used to love Fat Albert. But anyway, go ahead. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Athena. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> some people were meant to live with cats. And, uh, and some just meant to bomb all the time. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid to tell jokes. I get paid for the attempt. Thanks, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it, 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 it was one of those things, and you laugh and you say, okay, she called me Fat Albert. What's Fat Albert doing? The cartoon Fat Albert is only 220, 225. I ain't seen that since third grade. Thank you, baby. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Albert was only big to the kids around him. He was never like, <laughs> so you, you keep the jokes. You, you work the jokes. You start to, uh, I always tell people, whatever's going on in society, Change it up a little bit. Change it up. Whatever you can do. People tell uh, jokes about ghosts. Halloween time. Let's talk about my house being high. No. How come you ain't never seen an overweight ghost? We the flatliners of America. So you start telling jokes about overweight ghosts. How do you know somebody's overweight and they have ghosts if ghosts are invisible? Well, good. What does a ghost say? Ghosts say stuff like, ooh, get out. Ooh, don't come back. I knew it was overweight ghost because he was like, ooh, you're going to eat that. God, what you know? So you 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 work into the joke. Um, try not to do. I don't like doing shows with a lot of heavy set guys. If we all got the same material, it can get scary. Like we're beating up each other all the way throughout the whole set. So I like the show I got coming up on June third because they all know how to stretch the joke out. They know how to go into other things besides their weight, and that that is talent. There's got to be more to you about. You can have jokes about your weight, but. After a while, the crowd will just start feeling sorry for you. So you got to be able to just tell jokes. I, I make fun of things. That was the worst thing I made fun of. Uh, uh, I was in court one day. It wasn't my fault. I was in court. <laughs> I was in court about a car that I had purchased from a buy here, pay here years ago, and it finally made it to court. And the judge was real cool. His brother was real sympathetic. And he was like, well, what do you do for a living? He was like, uh, I'm a comedian. He's like, I'll tell us a joke. And like, once again, off the fly, who was going to court to tell a joke? I was like, police officers here. Like, people have cults here. I said, uh, how come when a young man got shot by the police officers, nobody really wondered what happened to the Skittles? Wow. The whole courtroom froze. I said, he gave me permission to tell a joke. He gave me permission. And he just seen the courtroom was just like, Where's the evidence? Wow. And he just the whole and I walked out the courtroom. I was just like, he gave me permission. You should seen the judge's face. He was like, oh brother, man. Did it help you tell that joke? I'm sorry. Did, you, did it help your case? 
Hey, it was over. It got dismissed. Oh, oh, okay, and he was okay, like, okay. oh, you're a comedian. Well, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't do that until I knew I was home free. I watched enough Law & Order to know it was over. So you mentioned the show on the third. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and where they where people can find tickets to? to yes, yes. June third at Wonderful Bar and Grill, sixty eight eighty Pendleton Pike Way. Host Mike Shaw. We're gonna have a lot of comedians there. D League comedian gonna be there. Um, that Bama boy is gonna be in the house. I'm gonna be featuring on that show. Um, Facebook, you can um, hit up Mike Shaw on Facebook. You can pay at the door. So uh, we're going to have commercials. We got promos coming up. Everybody's doing like commercials for this show. We're really pushing this show. So um, working on some wild commercials. So I always go out of the ordinary. How about you the tickets? Tickets are 10 in advance. Okay. And at the door? Probably like 15. Okay. Are there any minimums people need to know about? Because some bars, I know they say you got to buy two drinks and things like that. No, no. Just okay. come to lab. Bring minimum on a lot of people with you. Gotcha. So you've heard it here first. Yes. Well, second, third, maybe fourth. Um, that there's, you heard it here. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here again. Uh, June 3rd. And what time is the start again? I believe it's uh, 8 o'clock showtime. Is it 8 o'clock? or is it 8 o'clock? Are you CP? Are you... Uh, it's run by all black people, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so more like 8. <laughs> but, it's worth, but it's worth the wait. It's going to be a hilarious comedy because I know the talent on this show. It's going to be hilarious. Okay. This is not an open mic world. Does everybody show up at the show with like flutes and banjos and you got to wait like 32 comedians and heavy hitters on this show. Um, so, anytime I get excited because I'm a sitting audience, I know I'm a laugh. Yeah, this is going to be a good show. Going to be some pop coming out of people's noses. So, so there's no... Poetry before to warm no. up is what he's mm. saying. Yes. Is this all clean comedy or just no, no, just a little bit of all flavor. I myself am clean comedy. Okay. Um, you got some heavy hitters on there though, so it's a little bit for everybody. So okay, okay. So on that note, we have to take a quick commercial break. So stick and stay. We'll be right back. If you're tired of hearing the same music and content every 5, 10, or 15 minutes on air, then check out JQLM Radio for the realest, rawest, and most relevant variety of music, talk shows, and more. Start your days with a little bit of gospel and gospel rap from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of my life, I've never known you to fail. You deliver me. Then get into some hot R&B. Some hip hop. A little bit of pop. And some Neo Soul for the rest of the day. JQLM Radio, real, raw, and relevant. Hey, it's your girl, Lady J, and this is a special public service announcement. The Gallery Event Center of Indianapolis, Indiana is now an official partner. If you are a client of mine and you are in need of a venue to book your next event, then book with the Gallery Event Center today, who offers all-inclusive packages at extremely affordable prices. But wait, there's more. You are able to book custom all-inclusive packages that have been tailored exclusively for Lady J's clients. And yes, that includes the Ego Entertainment Network clients too. Connect with me today at LadyJ.co to receive your promo code and visit the Gallery Event Center located at 5852 East 82nd Street or call 317-534-6399 and visit their website at TheGalleryEventCenter.com. This has been a special public service announcement by Lady J. Love y'all. Deuces. (laughs) 
Are you or someone you know accomplishing some amazing things in the community or is just an inspiration to many? Apply to be featured on the cover of Ego Magazine, a bi-monthly digital interactive publication under the Ego Entertainment Network brand. Apply to be featured in other sections such as education, business, media and entertainment, community leader, author of the month or artist of the month. Visit www.egoentertainmentnet.com to apply today. Track Island Beat by Arulo. We're back now. Okay. So we, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, we wasn't prepared for that commercial break. <laughs> nope, I got a mouthful of water. No tyrant, don't say nothing crazy. So, um, but yes, I have a mouth. I had a mouthful of water in my bed. Okay. We only got about what? Ooh, about seven, eight minutes left in the show. This show went quick. Jeez. Okay, but anyway, go ahead with your question. Well, one of my questions was. I feel like I have a couple questions. Try to think of the best one that I want to ask. Ask all of them. We got 13 minutes, so you got rapid fire. Oh, okay. We want the rapid fire because my, my brain's not going to go that fast. So, what made you decide to do clean? Have you always done clean comedy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Was that always intentional? Yes. Because I didn't get into comedy until after I got to church. Oh. I think I would have been a fireball before church. I think I would have been on TV because I was, I knew I was what I was like before church. I knew I was a raunchy dude before church, told all kind of. Little nasty jokes at work and all that. I knew how I was before church, and I'm kind of glad I got in church first. So I wanted to keep it clean. Um, I talked to a comedian. He said, "How many comedians you know cuss make it on TV?" He said, uh, "How many do you know are actually you know if you ever get on the and at the time, great tell my age again. He was like, "You ever get on? If you ever make it to like prime time, ABC, NBC? How many people cuss? How many people get to cuss on TV and act nasty on TV? Not many." He yeah. said, "Keep it clean. Gonna make it all the way through the end." Um. And I, I've always, when I would listen to comedians, uh, like, um, oh, I was going to say, Bill Cosby in the 70s. I didn't know. So let it go. I mean. <laughs> so they didn't need to cuss. Or when I watched um, VH1 used to have a comedy hour back when I was a kid, and they didn't cuss. But they still made me laugh. If you can make me laugh without cussing, that's talent. And I mean, spit up my drink laugh, that's talent. You, you, you. I mean, it is what it is. Some people cuss. I've listened to comedians that cuss and I laugh my butt off. So I'm not going to say people, oh, you evil little monster. It's just not for me. It's not for me. I've never cussed on stage in 15 years. I've never. Have I wanted to? Has it crossed my mind? Definitely. Definitely. I think um, if you count saying the N-word on stage, yes, I've said the N-word on stage a lot. Um, And I, I stopped that. I try to stop it as much as I, yeah. But you hear the joke and you be like, which is funnier. Which is going really, you got to catch yourself and be like, no, I'm just, no, no, no. I'm trying to get away from that. So, okay. definitely. Okay. So, you, you stay clean. Was you about to answer a question? Mm-mm. So, oh. Okay. Would you say that's kind of the thing that makes you, that sets you apart from other comedians? Depending on the show. Because there are some clean gospel comedians out there. Um, Donald Show Martin, for one. Um, Josiah Jones, Kate Webb. These guys are just hilarious, clean comedians in the industry. So um, when you're at a show, people will ask, well, you're, you're a gospel comedian. What are you doing at this show? They drinking liquor and cussing. And I think to myself, Jesus didn't come back for the saved. He came back for the unsaved. So the object is set the example. If, if I'm not perfect, then I'm not perfect, but I'm not going to be raunchy either. So um, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, cause it's like, what, are you only going to do church shows? Are you only going to entertain people just still be yourself is it harder yes yes it can be harder because people you hear they ain't in the mood for all that you come here to laugh and have my drink on and you know sometimes you'll tear the house down and sometimes what'll work here won't work there it's one thing i learned you got to adjust your set but don't ever compromise who you are as you're adjusting your set what's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned by being a comedian Uh, know your worth. And what I mean by that, I've been telling jokes. I mean, I've been a comedian since I was a child. I've always been an entertainer. Um, I've often felt it was different from being attention seeking. I've sat in class with the attention seekers. They they were really bad. <laughs> but anytime I can stop the teacher from sending me out to class because she can't stop laughing, I don't think that's attention seeking. I think it's just being funny. The okay. bell ring, we laugh. She's like, don't do it no more. And, you know, um, and I never made people 
pay at my expense where I'm entertained by making fun of this kid. I was actually the opposite. I defended the kids who were getting made fun of because I didn't think that was right. Um, what, what was your question again? I messed it up it's that okay. quickly. No, you're not. You were <laughs> oh, saying no, that no, I said, what was the biggest lesson? You said knowing your worth. Uh, knowing your worth. So if I've been doing this this long, to have somebody be like, you know, hey, on what you what you charge? And I'd be like, for real? <laughs> this is what I do normally. If I'm on the clock, I'm off the clock. I got a third eye. I'm just always entertaining somebody. So for somebody to stop and be like, how much you want to keep doing this? You it, you almost be like, I don't want to take advantage of this dude. I'm going to tell jokes on the way there, on the way home, in bed, in the shower. I'm going to keep telling jokes to myself. I got to jump charge. I'm, I feel bad. That I'm taking, I feel like I'm taking advantage of you to come tell jokes at your show, and then you have other comedians be like, "No, charge them, charge them." Mama said, "If you're good at it, charge them." So then you charge them, then you feel bad because you'd be like, "I don't really, I'll charge you a little something." And I had talked to some comedians; they was like, "No, this is show business." This is a business. You charge them for that hotel room. You charge them to pay you. You charge. This is what you charge them for gas to bring you here. This is a business. This is why a lot of people don't make it because they don't know the business side of showbiz. Um, give you a quick, quick one. I didn't know. I couldn't wait in the beginning of my career to headline, to open up for big time comedians. And um, I was working security at O National Center. And the um, a big time comedian came to me and said, you never try your hardest. I, said, I don't get it. What do you mean? He said, you can never, ever allow yourself to be funnier than the main act. So when you see a comedy show and a dude just kind of open her to just kind of blah, you'd be like, I'm funnier than him. I need to be on tour with him. No, you don't. He was told to water it down. He's only to just lighten the crowd up. That's his only job. You were never to try to take over a show. You're never try to be bigger than the star. That's how you stay on tour longer. Oh. You, it's business because you can say I was on tour. You saw me on tour with such and such, and that'll get you your own bookings. And then you headline, and then you tear the house down. Huh. But you never try to be funnier. It, it comes from the old MC Hammer Vanilla Ice, where Vanilla Ice took over the tour. They had to kick him off the You Can't Touch This tour because he came bigger than Hammer. I really don't remember Vanilla Ice being on. Oh, the I'm tour. telling my age again. All I right. mean, I, <laughs> I think I remember hearing from that on the story. 1991. They told about it. I was in high school. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's really I sad. I don't remember Vanilla Ice being on that tour. I remember it wasn't on a documentary though. I it might have been. I thought it was on a documentary. Yes. It talked about how you know. And it was the big tour. You can't touch this tour. I mean, I remember the tour, but I don't remember this is the biggest ice, tour. Maybe I wasn't looking. He for came it. out that ice ice baby and. It makes sense because they were similar, but yeah, <laughs> he, came, he came crossed over and you know, yeah. yeah, so that we've always you know, and I've learned one thing about major league comedians watch what you say in front of them, watch what you say. Uh, I'm not gonna say the comedian's name, but I was like, Well, how do you get big? How do he was like, Let me hear your best joke, and I said, No, because in the end, if he walks on the stage and tells my joke, who do you believe, me or? And my joke is lost forever, and I can't challenge him for it because uh -huh. he's bigger than me. And then what they said about Leslie Jones, like she takes everybody's jokes and oh, it's some stillers out there. Oh, it's I, some, it's some stillers yeah, out there. They will steal right from under you, word for word, verbatim. So now on YouTube, they kind of put your video against an old video. They see you steal word from word. I've watched it. And it made me not want to tell the jokes online, like social media. I didn't want to tell the jokes. And the comedian said, tell the jokes, tell them on Instagram, tell them on Twitter, because now you've timestamped when yeah. the joke was originally told and nobody's told the joke before you. Anybody comes up with that joke, you got them, no matter how big they are. So and this is just the business part of me. Like, I'm assuming you can't like trademark or anything like that. But like, how do you protect yourself in that situation? They try to play it off by saying, oh, it's a compliment. If somebody steals your material, you're so great. No, that's a $500 joke. So some cats meet them after the show. Some people walk up on them. Hey, dog, that's my... Like, I have a joke. Everybody knows that daughter joke is a Damon joke throughout the country. I told that I've been telling a joke 15 years. I have the video and everything to prove it. If I see a comedian come up on stage, I'll call him out. That's my joke in front of everybody. And promoter know who everybody knows. Don't steal my joke. Now... Is there an ideal of going close to a joke that happens all the time? Like, for instance, Jay Morrison, Jay, Jay, I think a young man's name, I'm a basketball fan. He's all in the news. Comedians are going to be eating that up. You're not stealing if we both have jokes about him. You're not stealing. It's it's what's in social media. Trump jokes. I mean, they're all in the soul. I'm not stealing, but they can be close gotcha. 
but you know, it, but what you don't want if I got Trump joke, you got Trump joke, you got Trump joke, she got a Trump joke. Somebody needs to drop the joke for tonight because now we sounding. Sound the same. Okay. So we we to our last like four minutes or so. Oh, sorry. I know. No, why are you sorry? Right. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm in the one. This yeah, this is about you. I need, I ain't heard nothing from Athena. Please tell us some more, Athena. You have more questions, <laughs> Athena. Said nothing all night. Oh, I think you've answered all my questions. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, the the last thing or one of the last things we like to do with our guests is, um, is there anything that you would like to leave as a lasting impression for those who are listening as far as who you are as a person, who you are as a comedian or something that you are aspiring to be? Like any last uh, ah, moment you would like to share with us? Oh, man. Um I know you hear this a lot with a lot of comedians. And I just want to be original. I just want to be me. I just want to, you'll never hear my jokes nowhere else because I'm the originator of the joke. Uh, I wanted to tell other people jokes, but then in my heart, I was like, but it's not you. It's not, I've heard some jokes online. I've heard jokes at open mics where the dude told a horrible joke. And you'd be like, I could blow that joke up and I just won't, I won't do it. It's been tempting, but I won't do it. You'll never hear my jokes somewhere else. Cause I authored the jokes by myself. Um, I'm getting back on a horse. Like I said, I took a slumper. I was gone for a few years and you'll always in the back of your mind, you'd be like, but you're such and such years old. You should have, you should have started in your early twenties. That, that haunts you. That always haunts you. How far would you be now? Um, but I'm, I, 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 I love what I do. I love what I do. Um, more committed to it, probably more now than I ever been. I'm very much committed to this art, this craft. Um, they say the ultimate goal of comedians is get your own sitcom show on TV. A lot of people say, oh, that's far-fetched. That's impossible. No, it isn't. And especially when you're surrounded by comedians who have made it. Okay. I've rode up and down the streets. I've hung out with Miss Pat. I've done shows with her. I've done shows with a lot of comedians. And you'd be like, yeah, one day you're going to make it. And you look up and they made it. You look up and you're doing security at the National Center for them. And y'all laugh. And they'd be like, man, you need to get back in this game. You just be feeling bad. But yeah, um, I don't know if that fully answered your question, Athena. If that is your it's your answer to the question. So now that you said that, I mean, you are on currently one of the uh, entertainment networks in the Midwest, and um, it is definitely up and coming as far as the television. So you never know; you might need to talk to Lady J about I'm having your own uh, television spot. So because we do all around entertainment, so Lady J, I pay cash. <laughs> I think you should charge him double because he got two jobs. But anyway, um, <laughs> how do the people get in contact with you and tell us again about the upcoming show? Oh, definitely. You can hit me up on Facebook under my name, Damon Montgomery. Also, you can hit me on the IG network under uh, Montgomery Damon. It's just Damon Montgomery backwards. So definitely. Also, hit up comedian Mike Shaw. Hit up D Lee. These guys you can catch. Also, come out to Margarita Mondays. Um, on West 86th Street, hosted by Aisha Brown and Mike Shaw. You can get your tickets there as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We'll have yeah. you back, I'm sure, in the future to tell more jokes and to tell uh, more stories. Uh, yeah. So, I guess, let's see. What do we have coming up? We got... <sighs> We got a few things coming up, so please go we to. Still, we got to finalize this. Come on. But one thing I know for sure we have coming yes, up is September. Yes, yeah, <laughs> September 9th. This is year number two. We'll be at the Baby Car Glick Pavilion. It'll be an all day event. So if you are a vendor who does anything in caregiving, that means you have a um, home based business that you care for the elderly or some uh, people who are in need mental health practices, if you have um, transportation business, anything that could be used for caregiving services, please uh, hit us up. You can go to our website, www.empoweredlivinginc.net under the events tab and click on there for more information and to register as a vendor. Um, we can only have so many of, of each type. So the sooner you get in, the faster you can get in. Um, but let's see. I, I pretty much just go to our website because yeah, it's, yes, it's our website. Get on our newsletter list. Yes, please. We'll have some stuff finalized by the end of this week. That's what she said last <laughs> week. But anyway, no. <laughs> That's the goal. It's always the goal. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next shows that are coming on tonight. If you would like to have your own show on this platform, please 
hit up Ego Entertainment uh, to see how you can be on the platform. You better get in now before we blow up too big and you're going to be able to get in. I'm just saying. So uh, God bless y'all. Have a great rest of the week. And uh, thank you for having me, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Lady J. Thank you, Renata. Having a basic week. You ain't got to shout me out. I, I, was, I gotta take my I had water in my mouth. I'm sorry, Athena. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Athena. <laughs> it's no problem. He'll be back in six months. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>